Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to This Week in UNC Baseball with Head Coach Scott Forbes. I'm Tommy Ashley. That's Matt Clements. Of course, the man in the middle is the man of the hour. We're sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. Coach Forbes, obviously, um, you'd like to get at least one more, preferably two more wins in the weekend, but I said it to you Friday night, and I said it again after yesterday's game. That's just a hell of a baseball series against a very good team. Wins, losses, yes, they matter, but the experience that your guys got both in Fayetteville, in Greenville, and in Boschheim on Friday night, you, you can't quantify that. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, unbelievable atmospheres here, Fedville, at ECU. Somebody said it best yesterday. There were three super regional atmospheres, um, which this time of year, the second weekend of the season, you know, I think we played seven games. That's so good for your team. Obviously, you want to win the series. So, you know, we're not happy with the results. Um, but you learn way more about your team when you play in series like this. And it helps you down the road when you play in a really, really tough league and you have to play some really tough road games. When you look at the outcome, um, clearly, I, you know, I don't know how you guys grade it, but the resilience, positive. The, the comebacks, positive. The offense, especially late when you got those starters out of the game, positives. Um, but the pitching performances, Folger Boaz, Dalton Pence, Poston seem to be set. Um, they, they've performed as expected, maybe a little better than expected. Elsewhere, though, Saturday and Sunday, a lot of work to do. Um, what goes into that at this time of the season? I mean, is it too early to worry about it? Is it something you're tinkering with constantly? How does it go? Yeah, I'm not a big worrier, number one. Um when you lose a guy like Knapp, you're, you step back and you're like, okay, you know, we felt good about our Friday guy and really good about Boaz as a Friday guy pitching on Saturday, but he wasn't experienced and he is a freshman. Um, and we were going to kind of go from there. So then we, you know, we looked at it and we said, okay, well, we're going to give Peterson a chance on Saturday. And Olin had a pretty solid preseason. Um, we had some other guys that had really good preseasons that we worked as starters. Uh, and we went with Peterson <clears throat> and Olin. 
and they just haven't, you know, had very good outings as starters. And that's where we come in and uh, we know they can still help us in some way, shape or form. Um, but we made those adjustments, you know, in 2011, Michael Moore was in the rotation all the way up to the third weekend or fourth weekend in ACC play. And then we put him in the bullpen. Uh, so we'll make those adjustments this week. I really like what I saw for the most part from all of our guys, you know, out of the bullpen. We just didn't get quality starts on Saturday and Sunday. And when that's the case, it taxes you a little bit more. You know, Aiden Halp was tremendous, gave up the one home run, had great stuff. Matty Mathias uh, gave up some hits, but he had great stuff. He talked about posting. He talked about pence. Bovair was good out of the bullpen. Um, you know, Flannery getting his feet wet in that environment. It's not that he gave up hits. He walked a couple guys. Uh, so really it starts with starting pitching. we got to get that ironed out a little bit more than, that's what we met about this morning. You know, what adjustments can we make and how we're going to approach that. So we feel like we have a good plan and I'm excited to see what these guys do this week. Let me ask you about, and I don't want to steal everything from Matt, so I'm going to defer here in a second, but I wanted to ask you about working to the starting pitch. Like, how do you get to this? I want this guy to start. You know, yeah. it seems like Peterson's has been solid for a couple innings, but that's clearly not enough for a starting pitcher. How do you work through that process of finding those guys that you ultimately can trust to start versus having to have a, a staff day on Sunday or on Saturday? Yeah, no doubt. You, you, that's what you have a preseason for. But the preseason doesn't always end up being what happens in the season. You know, guys have some really good outings, and you think, hey, okay, he's shown he might have the potential to be a starter. Um, but at the end of the day, Ben Peterson, Olin Johnson, DeCaro, you know, you name any of them, even Folger Boaz. Everybody that we've started out there was their first start at the University of North Carolina, which is pretty rare. Um, but when you lose that guy, and, and, and you, you know, this will be the last time I really say, say anything about it because you can't – it is what it is. We don't have that. Um, but sometimes because of that, it takes a little longer to get those guys in the right spots um, and figure out, okay, who can – if it's not going to be Peterson and it's not going to be Olin, who are the next two guys we're going to throw out there to see? Can they do that? Do they have the potential? And, and, and that's based on the preseason. That's all you have at this point in their history and that type of thing. Coach Forrest, one of the things that I thought was uh, a real big positive for the weekend and for the beginning of the season is looking at the play of freshman catcher Luke Stevenson. On Friday, he saved at least two runs defensively in a 2-1 you know, really tight Friday matchup and seems to be, you know, showing great range behind the plate. Can you discuss his play and and uh, what he's shown you so far as a, as a freshman? Yeah, I mean, obviously he hasn't got going, got going yet with the bat, but he will. Um, I was looking at it, it's crazy to me that, you know, we've scored a lot of runs and D'Onofrio, Harbor, uh, Stevenson hadn't even hit a home run yet. Um, so that's, that's very exciting for our offense. But he – He's a catcher first. He controls the running game. Our pitchers like throwing to him. I've been extremely pleased. Only two pass balls um, so far this season. Blocked a lot of really big balls that have been in the dirt. Um, we hadn't given up many stolen bases. So he's been huge for us. Uh, Parker Haskin will get a little time so we don't kill Luke as well. And he's good as well. And what are the during during the game on Saturday, you had a mound visit with Boston Flannery, and it's very rare for you to go out to the mound and not pull the pitcher. Can you talk about, was that just to calm the team down, or can you talk about your discussion with him? And it really seems like he bounced back after that visit. 
Yeah, you'll see that more. Um, you know, we talked about it as a staff. Uh, when I take visits now, um, it's going to be more about coaching the team in the game, not necessarily mechanics or an individual pitching thing. Um, Coach Gaines and I and Coach House sat down and we made that decision that we feel like, okay, every time I go out there, our guys now know, you'll notice when I go out there, the infielders come in and we're just talking about a situation or I'm trying to slow the game down. Um, I used to love the way Mike Martin used to do it, you know, and he just did it to try to get on the other team's nerves or slow the game down or also just slow slow your guys down a little bit. And then when our pitching coach goes out there, Coach Gaines, he's strictly going out there to talk to the pitcher about what he sees and how can we make this adjustment, what type of pitch we need to throw, that type of thing. Matty Mateus getting that opportunity. I mean, we talked to him Friday after it. He was pretty jacked up. I mean, it, that's the great thing about playing baseball in this state is that you're going to play against guys you know. You're going to yep. play against in your hometown or whatever. Just sort of comment on his ability to come in. Um, you talk a lot about a heart rate guy. I could imagine if I were in that position, my heart rate had been through the roof. <laughs> yeah. he, he was fired up, but he did well, and he, he seemed pretty calm actually throwing out there. Yeah, that's how he is. You know, I thought he was good yesterday. Okay, you know, the big walk. Um, and you have to give East Carolina some credit. Not many people like to do that. Uh, you know, that's one of the older lineups in the country and one of the older teams. Um, and, you know, we, we're throwing younger guys out there and guys with zero experience at this level, even Aiden Houck. Um, But Maddie has experience. He pitched in big games last year. He's improved. His stuff is better. He's going to be a big factor in our pitching staff, a big factor in our bullpen. He's going to have a ton of appearances. Couldn't have been more pleased. Um, again, you know, that type of environment, you got to win in that type of environment somewhere to win a championship, and that's why we like to have these games early in the season. I agree there. That's what people do not understand. I mean, losing one run game to East Carolina in that environment helps your team more, I think at least, than winning 20-5 to against Wagner in an early season game. Let's talk a little bit about the play overall um, in the field. Your middle infield with Colby and – Alex Madera have certainly been solid turning double plays. I guess they've got nine, yeah. uh, eight or nine between them. But the corners have been a little shaky, Coach Forbes. And we've talked about Jackson Vanderbreak at the plate. Um, what have you seen from him? It, he seems like he just needs to relax a little bit from watching <laughs> from afar. What do you see from inside with Jackson? Yeah, I mean, you know, you're going to have players just have bad starts. And mm. uh, now offensively, his his batting average is a little misleading. He's had some. He's also had some bad luck. I was messing with him the other day. I was like, man, you living right or what? Because he's stunning <laughs> some balls. Um, but third, yeah, a little bit, I would say. But, you know, we had one game where we made five errors. You take away that one game against Wagner, our overall defensive play has been pretty dang good. Um, and it's only going to improve the more they get there and Harbor gets there and, and – uh, and Bandy, but we also have some other options. But yeah, he just, you know, just off to a slow start. And he's a heck of a good player. And you just got to keep plugging and, and know that it's it's seven games. You know, mm. if he doesn't see panic for me, it's better. You know, he's probably not going to panic as much. And I just tell these guys, like, you know, that's why you go day to day. You know, you, you can't get too caught up in what your batting average is because you can be in a slump, out of a slump in a second. 
one of the really interesting things it, it does it seem like that Vance Honeycutt is that comfortable at the plate right now certainly you know he's struck out a couple times but he's still managed to hit five home runs and is batting 300 what's going to happen when he does look comfortable at the plate I mean he's had unbelievable at bats and he has better bats the bigger the situation is so that tells you all you need to know about Vance mechanically wise he's still working really really hard you know he's not where he needs to be um but like that's a great question man when he does get there he's going to be even more dangerous those strikeouts will cut back um and he'll be he'll have less swing and miss and not only will he be hitting home runs he'll, he'll be getting more base hits or, or get balls in the gap more doubles Something I thought that was interesting is the at-bats that take up a lot of pitchers. I was We were talking off-air before you joined us. Honeycutt himself, I think, worked out 25 to 30 pitches on their one of their starters. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk about your coaching style and, and you and Where's Bicky and the guys on the approach at the plate? I mean, a lot of times guys, oh, this guy's a first-pitch swinger. Another guy may you know ride the count as long as he can. Just what is the approach there, and is it a per player thing or is it an overall philosophy that you guys have for your team? Well, I mean, it's definitely overall philosophy, but it's also somewhat individualized. Obviously, Colby might have a different approach in a three-one count compared to Osuna because of their self-awareness and who they are. Um, but the overall approach for our offense is to do damage to always be ready to hit and be ready to hit your pitches and then have the discipline if you don't get your pitch to try to shut it down. And now more than ever, for the most part, except for Saturday, the zone was really big on Saturday. Um, For the most part, you know, the umpires are being held accountable. There is track, man. They have to do a pretty solid job, which helps discipline hitters. Um, But our – and then with two strikes, you do have an approach. You got to give up a little something. Um, you know, you want to, you might spread out that lower half and do a little better job of, okay, if you're going to beat me, you're going to have to like beat me in, for instance. So the overall approach is to do damage, try not to get in those two strike counts. But when you do, let's see how much, let's see if we can neutralize the count. If it's 0 2 and all of a sudden you get it back to 2 2, then you can get it to 3 2. There's a big difference, right? Because we're trying to get our pitching staff to get to 2 one two because the batting average, even in the big leagues, is drastically lower. But then if you look at two two three two, it starts creeping back up. So offensively, um, you know, sometimes you like Vance, for instance, if you if you look at twelve pitches and you strike out, it's not necessarily a bad at bat. Mm-hmm. You know, you you work that count and you've seen a lot of pitches. He just got the best of you because hitting's hard. Yeah, I thought it was interesting, Vance. Friday said, are you worried about the strikeouts? Not really. I mean, sometimes baseball is hard, and I think folks certainly forget that. Um, looking ahead, let's go Let's go midweek, VCU, Longwood, and then Princeton. How many changes? How much uh, tinkering, puzzle yeah. pieces moving around? What, what, have, what have you and your staff sort of looked at today and we'll look at tomorrow ahead of the game tomorrow night? Yeah, um, we met this morning, me, Coach Gaines, and Coach Howell, just to talk about our pitching. <clears throat> DeCaro will start tomorrow. I'm excited. You know, he, I thought he looked pretty dang good against Elon. Got a heck of an arm. Um, we're going to start Boston Flannery on Wednesday. Uh, he had a good preseason as a starter. We put him in the bullpen. We want to see how he does 
as a prepped starter. Um, Boaz will go on Friday. And then we wanted to make sure the message was sent to our team that all we care about right now is VCU. We are announcing a starter on Wednesday, but the only two guys that aren't going to be available are Flannery and Boaz. You know, we're going to go one game at a time. Uh, we'll announce who we're going to go on Saturday and Sunday after Wednesday's game against Longwood um, because, you know, I, I, we got to practice what we preach. You know, and that is, hey, it's process-oriented. We need to play well against Longwood. Um, I mean, against BCU first, and then we'll wake up Wednesday and, you know, Flannery knows he's starting, but we'll use anybody and everybody to, to win on Tuesday because VCU's good. Get in here, Matt. Yeah, I, Coach, I, I'll yeah. defer to you. There you go. Coach Forbes, can you talk about also what you've seen from Alberto Asuna? I mean, obviously coming back from the injury last season, it seems like he's getting more comfortable with live pitching and that. Yeah. What an awesome kid, man. Like, I'm going to miss Alberto Asuna. Leader. Always a smile on his face, never in a bad mood. Worker, um, he's going to have a good year, probably a great year just because of how hard he works and who he is. He came back for the right reasons. He's becoming more of a hitter. Um, yeah, he's going to strike out some, and that's okay because he's got potential to hit. You know, he just flicks his wrist and the ball goes out. Um, but, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. I think he's going to continue to improve force and be a huge part of driving in runs for this offense. It's something else that's been really interesting to see is uh, Caleb Cost with the program. It certainly mm -hmm. seems like he understands his role and he's very eager. Like I saw him going out and warming up the outfielders. It just seems like he's having a really good time around the Diamond Heels. Can you talk about what it's like having a, a two-sport athlete on the team and how special it's awesome. that is for you? It's awesome. Caleb is awesome. Brings our team a lot of energy. Phenomenal teammate, worker. I think he's going to play here. Um, it's a crowded outfield right now. It's not easy to get in with Cook. Honeycutt and D'Onofrio, um, their outfield play has been unbelievable as well. Um, but he he works. He's, he's starting to catch up because he wasn't with us in the fall. You know, a lot of extra batting practice, a lot of extra work in the outfield with his reads. Um, he's really fast and he's a good base stealer, but becoming a better base runner, knowing the right reads, knowing, hey, I can't get doubled up on a line drive. But, man, talking about an awesome kid, that you know is is just brings us a lot of a lot of positivity for sure. I'm gonna ask you a fun question next, but okay. I want to ask you this question because I find it interesting watching games, both as a fan, as somebody covering it, and, and thinking about what to ask you and your players after. What do people miss the most that aren't in it, be it as a player or as a coach? in a baseball game in your opinion and you've you done it they, for a long time you mean when they get out of it or just as they don't know oh man. I, i'm i'm watching the game i'm <laughs> typing on the message yeah. board or i'm ranting to the person beside me um as a fan in the crowd what do people miss the most about the game of baseball that aren't in the dugout or on the field in that specific game do you think oh man i would say the thing they miss the most is they nobody knows how much goes into it for like how much work these kids put into it and the same thing you know you're not going to win games and you're not going to have any success if you're not prepared and you don't come early and stay late as a coach same thing in that like you know it's not like people will say what do you do during the off season 
there is no off season. You know, you're, you're always working on the next team. You're always recruiting. But from the player standpoint, the two things would be how hard they work underneath this stadium and then how they balance it all. I mean, obviously, they're, they're students here, too. And to be really good at what they're doing and to also do well academically, it takes a lot of discipline and it takes a lot of, you know, time management and uh, you know, th- those things. And, and obviously, the, just the camaraderie in the locker room. I have to remember watching these guys that my children are the same age and I couldn't imagine being put in, seeing them put in those type situations. And I mean, I know it's easy to say, but I see a guy like Folger Boaz and I'm like, well, my youngest is that same age and talking to him after the game, I'm like, he's so well-spoken, he's fun, he's personable and all that. And, And he just pitched the game of his life so far. And I think it's fascinating. Now, fun questions. All right. Go-to pair of Jordans. Oh, my go-to pair of Jordans are yeah. always important ones. Either the lows or the high top, UNC, Carolina, white and Carolina blue. Just your traditional low top or high top ones. Like the cleats on Saturday, I think they were uh, low top Jordan – V's or something? I don't know. They're sweet. These guys. Yeah, are- I mean, I was just I, I I remember talking in the press box going, those cleats may be the finest looking cleats I've ever seen. Oh man, me and uh, Madera were joking because Madera, I mean, he comes from a D three. That's where I played. Like where you write a check for your hat and your shoes, and <laughs> getting all this stuff, and then like he didn't even realize we had food ready for him on that first Friday against Wagner. Um, uh, Nofrio walked in with a sub from Subway and we're like, dude, like we have a full game meal for you. And he's like, we didn't have that. You know, it's refreshing for sure. Um, he hit the Rams head deck Subway on the way another, in. Got another uni we're waiting on. We're ready to pull it out. We just hadn't got the pants yet. So when we do, we're excited about that as well. What is, uh, what's the weirdest thing? Like when you see one of your players that has a habit or a tick or something they say all the time. Well, you just like, man, that's you're weird, dude. (laughs) Who's that guy? (laughs) I mean, probably Matt Poston. Like he's, he is something else. And he's, I mean, he's just a a pleasure to be there. They're all, we have a tremendous group. Mm -hmm. Um, I really trust this group. Fun to watch. Uh, I'm excited to see where they're going to be. You know, I was talking to Coach Gaines and Coach Weir's Biggie and Coach Allen the bus. One of the most humiliating losses I've been a part of since I've been at UNC was 2018 at home against ECU on Sunday. Got our brains beat in. We lost the series. Kyle Daptris actually fumbled a ball down the third base line and went into the stands before the net was there and went to the, the East Carolina fans were down there. We just got smoked. But that team ended up going to Omaha. And I feel the same way about this team. Doesn't mean we'll get there, but it's just a group that they work. Um, they care about winning. They represent us well. Well, man, they you know, just like when we were, you got some guys that have some weirdisms, but they probably think I have some weirdisms as well. Yeah, there, there's a lot of weird people in the world. Everybody else is weird. I'm not weird. Everybody else is. Yeah, that's yeah. How that's how I've that, always looked that, That's how it works. <laughs> yeah. That is, uh, this has been Coach Forbes. It's still early in the season, a long ways to go, but we always appreciate you taking the time to talk to us, and it's always pretty fun. I try to keep it a little light for you because I know it's a heavy head, heavy as the head that wears the crown, and you are wearing the crown for North Carolina baseball at the moment. 
Tar Heels, plenty of midweek action, VCU, Longwood, and then a series with Princeton. Scott Bradley returns Scott Bradley. to the bus. Good to have him back. Yeah, one of the greats at UNC. Um, but it's an honor to be, like you said, I don't, I don't look at it in that. It's, it's fun every day. Wake up, get to go back to work. and um, We would have liked to win that daggum series, but that series is going to make us better. And I'm excited to go down to that locker room today and get back at it. That's the great thing about baseball. You got five games this week. Yep, indeed. Quickly. Hey, you better have a a, a goldfish memory in baseball. Right. If, if you do not, it'll be a long year. Scott, appreciate you taking the time, my friend. Thank y'all. Thank Let's you pull the hoops. Thing. Hoops, big game tonight against Miami. Need a dub. Yeah, we're gonna see you sitting there behind Hubert calling plays like you no, were at the Clemson game. No, not tonight. Um, <laughs> I gave my tickets away, and uh, Allie's got some. I'm, I might go eat dinner since we never. My wife and I never see each other. During the season, we might try to grab one meal so we can see each other once a month, maybe. Hey, got to keep it straight at home. Mm -hmm. no straight Thank anyway. you guys for doing this. Hey, yeah, man. Appreciate it, Scott. Pleasure. Thank you. All right, Thanks have a good opportunity. Day. Yep. yep, later. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's up, y'all? This is four-time NBA champ Andre Iguodala. Yo, and this is his best friend, the Ohio State legend, Evan Marcel Turner the first. Every Wednesday, we drop a new episode on our show, Point Four. We're talking basketball, business, and all the culture in between. From locker room stories to some basketball analysis from those who've been in the game. Now, it is a do-bet. Do averaging 29 and 11. God, shit. what it take to be an all-star? A win. Subscribe to Point Four, the podcast, so you don't miss a thing.